welcome, welcome, welcome to the Puma Friends Podcast, the pod. I'm your host, Rosemary Cromwell. Thank you so much for tuning into our second episode. One might be forgiven for thinking that we're past these kinds of issues in our society. Uh, the first wave of bathroom bills kind of came and went during 2016, and we've got a lot of very famous trans celebrities uh, right now. And the world, in many ways, seems to have moved on and forgot about the issue, but this is far from the case if you've kept up with the news. Just a few weeks ago, we saw a rendition of Spamalot performed here at Maria Creo, and this show included the first onstage gay couple in our school's history, which is great. But one of the men in the couple openly cross-dresses. And it was striking to me while watching that performance that if we were in Tennessee or any of these other states that have passed these really restrictive bans, that show... Like that performance would have been illegal. It was a public performance of drag, and it was one where there were minors in the audience. And that ended up being part of the impetus for this episode. As always, if you like what you hear today, or if you really don't like it, please write a quick letter to the editor and send it to thepumaprenza at gmail.com. We're always looking for any kind of feedback you guys have. If you have story tips, ideas, or comments on how we do our business, or if you want to see any and all of our content, please visit thepumaprenza.org. That's our website. Uh, That site has articles from the paper and lots of stuff that's exclusive to the web, so take a look. There's some great stuff sitting over there. Speaking of the paper, those are out in your advos now. Please stop by Mr. Hart's Room N2 if your advo doesn't have any copies. If you're not a Carrillo student, go online or inquire about a subscription. During this episode, you're going to hear me make some pretty direct references to some survey data from an anonymous survey, and I want to make it explicitly clear to any staff listening or watching that the copy that I had access to did not have anybody's names on it. Furthermore, to help ensure anonymity, we're only paraphrasing responses and talking about general trends within the data during this show. And now, with all of that out of the way, I would like to introduce you to our guest, Winter Klein. Winter, how are we doing today? I'm doing good. All righty. So before we jump in, today's episode is going to be about trans issues, transgender issues, specifically here at Maria Carrillo, uh, touching on a little bit of the world in general as well. Uh, for, the, for the uninitiated, the world is very frightening. It is not a fun time to be trans. Uh, just within this year, there have been 498 anti-trans pieces of legislation proposed across 49 states and 361 of those bills are still active. 93 of them have failed, thankfully, but 44 of them have passed, including some profoundly damaging ones in Tennessee and Iowa and West Virginia. Um, in addition, this is pretty close to a 700% increase from 2022. Uh, in, in 2021, there was 71 bathroom, locker room, and sports bills. 40 health bills, and 33 other bills proposed. 2022 jumped up again in each category, but this year it is just, it is far and away the sort of largest tidal wave of these kinds of legislation that we've seen. And so here at school, I think it's very important, especially because the group that we're seeing most often targeted is trans kids. It's very important that we are accepting, that we create a good culture here, uh, that we have a good set of values going. But that doesn't always happen. That's not always the case. So you started uh, as part of your um, it's ethnic studies English, correct? Yeah, that's right. As part of your ethnic studies English class, you created a survey to ask teachers uh, what they feel like they need more help on, what they know, what they don't know, and what their experience with it is. So could you give the listeners a little bit of a background on that? 
Yeah, so my ethnic studies English class is is focused a lot on perspectives from other demographics than the ones we're normally exposed to in our day-to-day lives. So I've decided to create a resource that ultimately will be available online and in print to give teachers or adults or really anyone a better perspective on the kinds of support and accommodations that trans kids and students could really use. And so prior to the like substantial development of this resource, I created a survey and distributed it to nearly all of Korea's um, staff and teachers, but also non-teacher staff. And so I'm, we can talk a little bit about the survey data. Yeah. But before we get any further into that, I just want to say that by no means do I want to feel as though I've infringed on the respondent's right to privacy or anonymity. As such, I will not be naming the names of any of the respondents or uh, directly quoting them. Awesome. Okay. So from that data, we saw that every single teacher who responded had had a transgender or non-binary student. And then when they were, when we asked them or when you asked them uh, if they felt like they had done a good enough job uh, supporting those kids, what was that response like? So the response to that was, I think, interesting, considering that, as you said, all of the teachers reported they have at some point had a trans and non-binary student. Yet only 25% of them reported that they felt just like thoroughly that they had the resources and, and such that they needed to support these students. 25% reported that they did not, and 50% fell somewhere in between. And that's that's very interesting to me just to see the, uh, the amount of people in between. Um, I believe some of the responses were like, I feel like I've done my best, but I don't know if it's good enough. And it's um, they're they're worried about like, missing something, right? Yeah, and I think if you feel like you're doing your best to support trans people in general, that's really all you can do. And you can always learn more, and you can always do more, but I think realistically, if you really feel like you're putting your best foot forward, that's fantastic. It's it's so funny to me watching. I mean, people get so worried about it, and in part, rightfully so. You know, it's a, it's a pretty complicated issue in a lot of ways, and... Um, you know, I even find myself as a trans student getting it wrong. But allyship, to a certain extent, is kind of easy when there's, like, there's just a few, like, very main, like, simple, basic things that we're looking for. Um, and so it's always, I always kind of feel bad for people who are, like, trying so hard to do their best. And they're just like, but I don't know if I'm doing it right. I feel like I'm messing up. Um and that, that that's sort of hard to, uh, it's hard to make them feel, like, secure in that, you know? Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, all respondents reported that they had a trans or non-binary student in the past. A quarter of them said that they had the resources. 25 said that they didn't. And so the goal of this survey was to see what they needed and provide that to them, yes? Yeah, just to see where where all of them were coming at this just the concept of the resource, like, would they use it? Would they like it? Do they feel like, like, how, what can they expect to see from it? And what can they hope to see from it? And was, did you see any trends in the data of stuff that they really seem to want kind of on a by and large scale? Or does it seem like very varied in what they think they need or what they think that they're missing? There was a lot of variety, honestly, more than I was expecting, but there were some emerging trends. 
One of them was that it, it it came up more than once that people felt as though um, it creates it created an awkward situation if they had knowingly, accidentally misgendered or used the wrong name for someone, and they weren't sure how to navigate that. Like after that had happened, what, what should I do? Should I address it? Those sorts of things. And I think that sort of gets into the uh, in class issues. Um, to talk about my own experience, uh, for those of you watching on YouTube, you can see this uh, doesn't really scream Rosemary. Um, and so I understand why substitute teachers are so often like very confused when they call my name off the roll sheet and then they see me. Um, I've gotten, really? Uh, is it that's you? Like a lot of like questions. And it's always, it's always like a really awkward experience because it's like, yeah, I mean, it, it is. I know it doesn't look like it, um, and so that's always tricky. As far as, I think, um, like permanent teachers, I think I've been very lucky. Um, they don't mess up as often, and they don't, uh, they tend not to make it weird, um, but I'm a senior now, so, you know, it's a, it's a different crop of teachers, but what, what, what do you think they should do, honestly? Because I've, I've, like, struggled with that question myself, because I, I would hate if a teacher then, like, stopped the class for me and made, like, a big thing out of it. You know, that's just, that's not fun at all. It just draws more attention to it. It makes it awkward. It makes it weird. Like, I don't think that's the solution. Yeah, and I think um, as inconvenient as it may be, there I don't think there is, like, a, a sort of a one-size-fits-all solution. If you find yourself coming a, upon these scenarios where you're slipping up with somebody's preferred... Uh, terminology, you should honestly just ask them, you know, in an appropriate setting, maybe an email, maybe just on the way out of class, like, what do you want me to do about this? And what should I do if I notice that I've made this mistake? Aside, aside from that, what do you think teachers are messing up most on? Or what are they like, what area are they lacking in the most? Um, I would say uh, teachers and a staff at large can oftentimes have a, a sort of foundational lack of understanding or knowledge about the subject, and that can lead to things like some teachers don't understand the idea of somebody using they-them pronouns just, mm -hmm. like, on its own. And they don't necessarily agree or disagree with that as something that is right to do, but they just don't understand, and that's, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with not understanding as long as you are open being educated and educating yourself on, on those things. Right. And I, I see so many people who feel so bad for not just like knowing everything, but I would again like to emphasize if you don't know, but you're open to willing to, and like dedicated to learning, that's perfect. Like that's, that's what we want to see. Mm -hmm. um, but I know a couple of responses on that surveys were, was um, just people not quite understanding it or not like not being familiar with how to like, use them, uh, which is interesting. And then I know plenty of people in the world who get like confused by it. Cause they're like, Oh, the multiple blah, blah, blah. Like I can't tell who you're talking about, but as long as I think a teacher or a staff member or even a student is willing to practice and like learn it and like look up the resources, I think, I think they're good. Yeah. And another, another facet of it, I think, specifically in a school environment is 
like a foreign language class because the concepts that we have that are easily accessible in English, such as gender-neutral pronouns, simply don't exist in every language. For instance, I take French, and there's, I mean, it's a big issue in France right now in French-speaking places because there's those words don't exist. There's no way right. to have a, to be a gender-neutral person or speaker in, in those languages. Right. And not to get off into a France tangent, but I believe they tried to create a gender-neutral pronoun and the, uh, I forget what the name for like the language academy, like that safeguards the language from change, basically. Like they threw a big fit about it and like said, no, this isn't how French works, right? I, I, that was something I read like a couple years ago when there was a, like a bigger push to make that happen. Yeah. And I, and I think that that can be related back to English and America and all of that in mm -hmm. that, you know, people who have any sort of resistance to these concepts because they don't think that they think that that conflicts with the way English ought to be or ought to be spoken. Mm -hmm. I think they're sort of at times willfully misunderstanding the very simple fact that language is constantly changing. I mean, there's really, there's nothing implicitly negative about our language evolving over time. That's what it does. Right. And another, um, another uh, misunderstanding uh, from teachers, uh, I suppose we can paraphrase, from this first survey snippet, they seemed to like, um, they seemed to misguided on like what being trans was, and they seemed to conflate it with a lot of other issues. And then, I don't want to say blame, but it almost felt like blame. You, you, you know the quote that I'm talking about, right? Yeah. What is what's your reaction to that? I guess because you, you've you read it before anybody. Right. I think, um, you know, if you find yourself conflating or sort of mixing up transness with other mental issues of people, you should probably put some time into researching that and perhaps talk to some trans people because they couldn't be, there couldn't be a greater difference between those things, frankly. Right. And it's, it's kind of upsetting seeing, like, yes, a lot of trans kids do struggle with, like, other mental health issues, but, that, A, that doesn't necessarily mean they all do, but, B, like, just sort of mixing those two up, and then, like, what you come away from that with is, like, I don't know, it's, it's almost upsetting, but, like, I don't know, it's so... Getting people to understand is like very, very tricky. Like you, you can. There's a lot of people who you can show like every resource in the world. You can like point at every statistic, every study, every everything, and they just like won't quite get it. Or you can like you can give them as many lessons as you want, and they just, you know, they're sort of stuck. Yeah, and I think to be fair, I guess yeah, to that respondent, there is like a lot of overlap between those things like for me personally I'm of course trans but I also struggle with depression and I'm on the um, autism spectrum and those things all interact with each other and they all affect each other but it's not like the latter two um, damage the validity of my identity as a trans person they're just they're separate facets of my character they interact with each other they affect each other but at the end of the day I'm still all three of those things and Right. Nothing will change that. 
as someone who's also struggled with other mental health issues, it's like, I hate that. It almost feels like it gets used against uh, trans people a lot. Like, oh, it's just because of this thing. You're acting out because of X, Y, and Z. And it's all, you know, the other mental health issues are used to invalidate that identity. And it's, it's very annoying to have to explain like, no, the three things can be true. I promise. Like they're all, they're all separate and yes, interacting with each other, but they're not like, I'm not faking it. Right. Right. So when you, uh, were these your questions right here? Uh, here, I'll highlight it on the doc real quick. Thank you. These. You got them highlighted a second ago. Were those, were those, was that questions from a teacher in response to one of your questions? I think so, yeah. Okay. So. Well, I mean, you can go through and probably answer a couple of these, right? Yeah. One of the questions that I saw that I was, that I thought was very constructive and interesting was the question of um, what health related resources, supplies, and those sorts of things would a transgender student like or even need during a school day to feel supported? And I think I like that question a lot. I think it's well phrased and well said, and I think it's very pertinent. And one of the one of the biggest things, which is in in some levels very contentious, but I think it's very important, is adequate bathroom spaces for trans people. This is this is a huge one because I know right now at Korea, the only, technically the only gender neutral bathroom is all the way in the health office. And it's locked during the day, right? You have to get somebody to unlock it for you. That's correct. And um, this was an issue even last year. Uh, we had got a lot of letters to the editor about the bathrooms. We wrote probably like three or four articles about them. I, as a trans student, like, I mean, I'm, rel I'm relatively comfortable basically just using the wrong bathroom. But I've also, to an extent, just like given up because if it's like, okay, if I got to go, then I don't really want to walk all the way over here and then ask somebody to unlock it and then go through all of this. Like, it's it's very it's very upsetting that a we don't really have that many bathrooms in general here at Creo uh, for our ever growing student body. But b we don't have like adequate like full size gender neutral bathrooms, and I think that's uh, we got to do something about that. Yeah, when I was being oriented at Creo as a freshman. I inquired about whether or not there were gender-neutral bathroom facilities, and I was told that by the students, the seniors at the time who were running the um, introduction, that there were there was a discussion about it, and there might those facilities might be available, but not to not to bet on it. And that was kind of a sobering moment for me because that was when I was really starting off my like the transition. And I was just starting off high school, and I had this moment of realization that I'm going to have to make some compromises on my, my comfort and my happiness just to exist at the school. And that's something that I've been forced to be okay with, but I don't think I should have to be okay with at all. Right. I, like, I shouldn't have to sort of give up and use one bathroom just because it's, like, so difficult to get the adequate thing. It's very, it's very upsetting. Um, and that, that feels like a very constant thing. It's like, there's been a discussion, but don't bet on it. And that sort of uh, that sort of reply can be repeated 
across a wide spectrum of issues. It's like, we're thinking about helping you out, but, you know, we, we're, we're probably not going to. And it's, you know, that sucks. Um, it, it's, it's very difficult to be in your school environment, in your educational environment, and have the sort of attitude around making you feel comfortable and happy just being, having that attitude be, yeah, we'll think about it. All right, question two. What are the most challenging aspects of the school experience and or environment for a transgender student? And I suppose this probably gets into our our second half point about uh, the students, you yeah. know, our classmates. Uh, so I'll let you get going on that. Yeah, I think, um, frankly, there are a lot of options to pick from to answer that question. But for me, the the definitely the most impactful and challenging aspect has to be an like Rose said, we'll get into this later, but just having to face other students because, and this isn't really anyone's fault, it's not the student's fault, certainly, but it's not easy to look at me and presume that I would prefer to be referred to with she, her pronouns, or that I identify as a woman. And so it's kind of like every time, every time I'm misgendered by students and that kind of thing happens, it's just sort of these subtle little blows to my confidence and my comfort. And that really wears at you. And that's... Yeah, yeah, it's... I mean, we can we can just start even getting into it right now. It it does suck. I go I go through every day uh, just getting misgendered. And, you know, I personally don't try to, like... Like, I don't try at all. I've, I've like, basically put... Partly I've put my comfort and, like, my happiness on hold just because I'm like, okay, this is going to be so difficult. Like, why bother? Um, which is brutal. Nobody should ever feel like, okay, I'm just going to like wait to be as happy as I can be. I'm going to like hold on, you know? Um, but yeah, every day, forever, for all, all, all years of my high school experience, all years of elementary, all years of middle school, it's been the same and I don't blame them at all, but it just, you know, it, it wears on you. It's a constant, like, it's a reminder um, over and over again when you interact with new people, uh, when you interact with people who forget and, like, slip up sometimes. It's just, it's this, like, subtle blow that, like, oh, right, I'm not quite there. Great. Yeah. And that's, it just, it just makes the school day a very difficult, like, sort of arduous process to, like, fight through. Absolutely. What do you What do you find that students seem to, like, get wrong do you seem do you see that sort of like accidental like ignorance ignorance not necessarily in the way of like being hateful or rude but like just not knowing what do you what do you see there i see a lot of my peers because I'm, I'm very vocal in many of my classes and so people will respond to things i say and they may know that i'm trans and they may not but a lot of the times people tend to just sort of like blunder past pronouns in their sentence, because it's it's it can be a hard thing to put thought into, honestly, especially since these are people that I I see every day. I don't talk to. I don't really know them, and it's it's they don't always catch themselves. And they don't always think about it, and that's that's common with students, and a little less common, but still pretty common with teachers and other staff as well. I, I've been lucky enough to where pretty much everybody in every single one of my classes knows me, and so. I don't get it as often anymore, but I definitely used to where people would just kind of like 
stumble their way through the sentence, and that's like, okay, great, yeah, I can, I can hear your confusion. That makes me feel, that makes me feel great, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it, it's just that they don't know, right? The, the resources aren't there, or if they are there, you know, they've never had a reason to look before. So what, what would your recommendation be for students who feel like they don't quite know everything, but they want to know more or they want to do better? What would your recommendation for them be? Um, I would advise students who feel that way to do some, some research on their own time, talk to any number of, of trans people that exist within their community. Cause I, I can guarantee that if you don't personally know a trans person, you certainly know someone who knows a trans person. And so to just talk to these people and, and learn a little bit more, because if, if you don't directly know any trans people, it can seem like a very strange concept. It's, and if you don't think about it a lot and you don't really understand it, that can lead you to, not out of malice or anything, but that can definitely lead you to be very ignorant of trans issues and that kind of thing. So I think just getting to know trans people and, and listening to them and talking to them can be hugely helpful for that. Yeah, and I know I've uh, rather accidentally, and some sometimes it's annoying, but usually I'm very happy to help. I've become like the community rep for all of my friends. Uh, but through doing that, I've been able to explain a lot of issues to them. For instance, sports, especially school sports, uh, all of the laws, all of the legislation, just general societal trends and things that we're seeing. Um, just by having them talk to me and like, come ask me about stuff, I've been able to explain it to them because, you know, they all want to do their best, but they just don't know. And having, being able to have them talk to me about it has been great because then, you know, they figure it out, they get to know it, they understand it. Um, and so often I see rather unfortunately in the news coverage of these issues, uh, in the wider media world and in how they get talked about, um, they often just skip over the trans people or it's like, oh, we couldn't find one to interview, blah, blah, blah. Like, it almost feels like they don't try to get the perspective of the people who, again, are most impacted by all of these issues, all of these laws, um, all of these societal trends, right? It's, um, it's, it's very annoying to watch an article covering an anti-trans bill that will talk to the politician, it will talk to somebody there protesting it, but it won't talk to a trans person from that place. And it's very weird that that is continually what seems to happen. So as a student or as a staff member, just talk, talk to us. We're right here. And, you know, I'm always happy to answer questions. I said you're about the same. Yeah. Likewise. Yeah. Okay. Is there any other, any other survey quotes, snippets, responses that you got that you want to go over and bring up? Yeah, there was there was one final uh, question that was asked, which is for the second half of the previous question, question, which was asking what the most affirming, gender-affirming aspects of a school experience and environment are for a trans student. And I that's that's a tough one for me because there aren't that many. <laughs> yeah. I think for me, again, I've been incredibly lucky. Uh, my name got changed on the roll sheet because I signed off a couple of emails with my counselor uh, with my proper name, and then she straight up asked, hey, do you want me to change that for you? Uh, so shout out Miss Embry for that. Um, she changed it 
on the roll sheets and in Aries and got my pronouns fixed and everything. And then since then, I haven't gotten the wrong name except by one kid who just didn't know. Um, I didn't correct him, but he didn't know. Um, and so that's very affirming because I can go through the whole day with, you know, a force negating the force of the misgendering. It's like the correct name constantly. And so they kind of balance out uh, rather nicely where it's like, oh, yeah, okay, everybody knows. Okay, I'm doing good. I get, they're getting it right. Um, but aside from that, there's not many. Yeah, I, I actually, I definitely agree. I've had the same experience um, with getting my name changed and such. Again, shout out Miss Embry. But my, the biggest thing for me, now that you mention it, is being able to just, lo- every day, every class, several times per day, I'm logging into my Chromebook, as the average student does, and being able to just type in my preferred name to access my account is nice. And seeing it on all my papers is nice. I just, it's nice. feels good. That feels very affirming. And trans students in California have the right to get these things changed. Your name, your email, your your pronouns within the school's system and on the roster sheet and all of that. But I know people who have had a great deal of difficulty actually accessing these things. And what was told to a particular individual that I know is that the best they could do was get his preferred name in parentheses after his dead name and not change his email, which isn't, it's not true. That's like legally he has access to get everything changed the way he wants to. So I'm not really sure what happened there. And just just even envisioning that for myself, that would be even worse than just completely getting it wrong, right? This sort of like half attempt to get it right because it's, you know, it feels demeaning if anything, just like, oh, we're going to like sort of do it for you, but not really. Yeah. And then having to type in, you know, the dead name and then the alive name and like keep them both right there, it's... It's just a constant reminder of like, oh look, see, see, here's 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 what you here's what you used to be. Look at that, and that's um, you know, again, it's demeaning, it's degrading, it, it sounds brutal. Um, so I guess sort of on that subject, let's get into some solutions. Yay. Um, firstly, um, there's a, there's a thing that substitute teachers have done for me a handful of times that I think is very good and that I would hope they continue to sort of do, is they will walk around the classroom with the roll sheet and go, point out your name. And then you point out your name, and then they mark you present. And that's it. No questions, no, like, there's nothing more than just point out your name, and they mark you present. That's it. There's no conversation. There's no having to raise your hand and say here in front of the whole class. And I think that's great. And if they could keep doing that, that would be awesome. As for, for like main teachers who are going to be with you for the whole year, you know, they do roll however, however you want. You got to get to know your students' names and whatever. But for a sub who's only going to be there for maybe a class or two, just go, just walk around the room. Uh, do you have anything else that you think would be a good uh, solution to sort of make the day easier? Yeah, but before that, as a brief side note to what you were saying, I think the way that the subs were taking role in that way is fantastic for that reason for trans students and for the reason of, you know, like me, fortunately, my name, Winter, it's very simple. It accounts for one quarter of the average calendar year. So that makes it pretty easy to remember and pronounce. But for some students who have names that might be more difficult for a substitute teacher to 
read or pronounce correctly for whatever reason. You know, they can save themselves that awkwardness. They can save the student that awkwardness by simply saying, show me who you are on this piece of paper. I will add a check mark, and we can all move on with our lives. Exactly. Yeah, and again, I mentioned it at the beginning of the episode, but even though my name is easy to pronounce, it definitely doesn't look like it matches me. I chose a grandma name for sure. Um, and, you know, I had a sub at the beginning of the year who went, really? Are you sure? And then straight up asked me, what's your other name? And I just I just looked at him and I was like, I don't know, man, I got a lot, which is, it's true. But, like, also, what are we doing? Like, what part of that is necessary, man? You just got to take role. I'm never going to see you again, hopefully. Um, and so don't, don't, don't do that. Please, please to any teachers, any students, anybody listening, don't, don't do that, please. Yeah, that's a fantastic example of the type of questions that you should not ask a trans person as things like that, or like, if you ask them, you know, like, it's a really weird question, but it comes up a lot, is like, what surgeries have you gotten as a trans person, particularly more so amongst adults than children? I think it's extra inappropriate to ask a kid that. But I'll get back on the topic of solutions. Uh, uh, while we're talking solutions, too, feel free to bring up stuff that people should not do because that can be a, a almost or just as helpful. But keep going. Um, I think that easier... I, I think it should be made aware to all students what rights trans students have because it doesn't make sense to wait for a trans student to come asking and... You know, you can't exactly, as the administration, like, assume which students are trans and send them, like, this info. Right. So as a part of whatever um, introduction to the school or, or presentation or assembly, those types of rights should be just common knowledge for everyone mm-hmm. so that trans people don't get any grief for exercising those rights and they know that they have them and they can access them. And... uh and on that subject, it doesn't even need to be, like, exhaustive. It can be a very quick summary of, hey, here's a couple of things that are really helpful for you that you can access. And if you want even more information, here's who you talk to. Um, it's annoying for for so many things in the school world, but we'll stick specifically to trans issues, to have to, like, wade through levels of people and, like, jump through all of these hoops just to get stuff that you are legally, like, entitled to. And so... Even just a quick, a quick summary and like a pointer in the right direction would be huge. Um, can you think of anything else not to do? I've got, I've, I've had a few weird ones, but I think I'm out on my end. I can't think of anything else off the top of my head other than if you have a question in mind and you you've confirmed with yourself that it's a respectful question to ask, you should also confirm that you're asking it in an appropriate setting. Mm. Like if it's a question. That just the mere asking of without the student as trans, perhaps that's best saved. Actually, that's definitely best saved for a private forum such as an email or a one-on-one conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I see. I've seen like at other schools and with other people all too often. Like the question gets asked, or somebody like like basically lets something slip, and then everybody knows. But that kid may not have been ready to come out to everybody, or. They may not have wanted to, like, confirm, like, yes, I'm trans. And just having, you know, sometimes those questions get asked in a more public setting. And then, boom, everybody knows. And it's you know, that's a nightmare. So don't do that. Um, anything else that schools should do, teachers should do, students should do? 
Um, I think if I think one of the things that teachers often struggle with is knowing how to react to other students being behaving problematically towards trans students, and I think that is another conversation that should be have between the trans student and the teacher. I do not think the class needs to screech to a halt to address that. But I think after class or, or via email, you're just like, hey, are you aware that this happened? What would you like to see done about it? Right. And I think that's great because, you know, there are, I would like, I would hope that the majority of students are willing to learn. They're ready to learn. They're happy to learn. Uh, but there's some who aren't. Uh, there's some who do not want to learn. There are some who would prefer to be hateful you know, do what they're going to do and def definitely don't stop the class and make it an even bigger situation um, because that's uh, that's never the solution. If you misgender a student, please don't stop the whole class to address it. Please, no, Nobody wants that. It makes it even more awkward. It draws more attention to the issue. Uh, if you make a mistake, just move on and fix it later. And if another student does something, um, unless it's like very overt, very direct, very like intense bullying where you would step in no matter what. If it's just, if it's more of a snide remark, something like smaller, I would say ignore it in the moment. Um, if you feel confident in your knowledge of the situation and in your abilities, go ahead and talk, to, hold back the transphobic student and like talk to them. Uh, you know, in the same way you discipline anyone for anything like that, but Otherwise, and this is this is good advice for anything. When in doubt, ask us. You say that's yeah, good. Yeah. yeah, I would definitely say that. Okay. Do you have any parting shots, closing remarks, anything else that we didn't get to? Um, no, none, none that I can think of. Okay, excellent. Thank you for your time. Yeah, thanks for having me on. And that was our show. Thank you again for lending us your ear for our second episode. Again, any feedback you have, please send it to thepumaprenza at gmail.com. Please stop by our website and take a look at all of our content, including our YouTube documentary by Kevin Way and a mountain of articles. If you are a trans or non-binary student out there and you have anything to say, please reach out to that email address. Whether it be a letter to the editor or just some quick, thoughtful feedback, we really want to hear everything you got. Your host is me, Rosemary Cromwell. Our producer is Sophia Hughes. Thank you to Christian Bond for editing this episode. Thank you to Kevin Way and Heyman Lung for filming this episode. And thanks to Kevin for editing the video version of the show. Thank you to our teacher, James Hart, for all of your support. Thank you to Winter Klein for reaching out to make this episode possible and for joining us. And thank you for listening. We hope to see you back soon.